I keep getting better. And it, it's relative. You know, I, it doesn't mean I have great days every day, but I keep growing as a person, as a business, whatever it may be. It's, you know, I'm open. I'm open to learning. And that's what green does for me because I learn how, that, how the food makes me feel. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. This week's episode of the Eat Green, Make Green podcast is sponsored by Darwin Clothing. Peter, the owner of Darwin Clothing, is actually who I sit down with in this week's episode, and I convinced him to sponsor the podcast, which was awesome. Darwin makes men's dress shirts and Henleys, and I'm telling you, when I bought my first Darwin dress shirt, I will not buy any other type of dress shirt. The fit makes me look good, makes me feel good. I can wear it tucked in. It doesn't come untucked. Um, I can wear it untucked. I just love everything about it. They are handmade in Boston's South End with the best high-quality fabrics. Um, The shirts literally make six to seven hours to make per shirt. I mean, it's an incredible product. If you care about how you look, which I do, uh, I want to look and feel my best at all times, then you need to check out Darwin Clothing. You can literally go to the website darwinclothing.us and shoot Peter, the owner, a text, and he will take care of you. I mean, there is no other buying experience that comes close to that. Um, They are unbelievably made shirts, and I really recommend that if you wear a suit every day or you are more of a Henley guy, that you go to darwinclothing.us and shoot Peter a message. At the very least, he'll give you more information amazing local brand, and you'll hear all about it in this week's episode. In today's episode, I sit down with my good friend Peter Oswald of Darwin Clothing. Pete is an extremely creative person. His mind is always going a thousand miles an hour, and every time I talk with him, we often go a bit off the rails. I was going to sit down and try to script out this episode, but I knew Pete was coming on, and I knew that would really be pointless, because we both feed off of each other's energy, and the conversation never ends up going where we intended it to go. So I really just let this one flow. Pete and I met four or five years ago while working as personal trainers just out of college, and there's a lot of overlap with my story and his story, um, as we've followed very similar paths in terms of entrepreneurship and in terms of food and lifestyle choices. Pete has such an incredible energy and passion for what he does, and it's extremely impressive to see how he's bootstrapped and grown his brand Darwin Clothing without having any previous knowledge or experience in the clothing industry or business in general for that matter. We talk a lot about tuning out societal and peer pressures and getting past the fear of the unknown and the fear of failing and just going for it, or as Pete likes to say, gripping it and ripping it. I personally am a stickler about who I surround myself with, and I'm a huge believer in surrounding myself with good, positive, open-minded people. And that's exactly what Pete is. He's upbeat, he's positive, he's driven, and I'm very lucky to call him a friend. So without further ado, hold on to your seat, maybe even buckle up. Here is my conversation with the most interesting man in fashion, The Finch, and my good friend, Peter Oswald. All right, Peter, what's happening, man? We're here. Is this a good way, good way to hold the mic? Yeah. Let's just keep it, yeah, just, you keep know, it a little distance. Just don't go crazy with it. <laughs> uh, Peter is a, you know, you're, you're a very close friend of mine, obviously. Yep. Um, but most listeners and people don't know kind of your story, your background. I, of course, know it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of get into that. Okay. Uh, so if you would just kind of, for the listeners, tell me about where you... Where you grew up, um, where you came from, sure. and, and that so, whole spiel. 
For the listeners out there, I grew up in Cohasset, Massachusetts, which is the town over from where Pat grew up in Hingham. And Cohasset is a seaside town. I grew up right on the water and went to prep school in Braintree, Mass. at a school called Thayer Academy and then up to University of Vermont for college. All right. So before we get into college and whatnot, what, yeah. so you, you played sports growing up. Played sports. It was uh, my, I would say, from ages two to probably just a couple of, a couple of years ago, my life was so sports heavy. And what, and, what sports? Uh, main sports ended up being hockey and lacrosse. But growing up, it was everything. And then never played competitively unless it was against my friends or my dad. But golf is a major sport in my life, especially with my dad and I. That's how we connect on a deep level, father-son time, four hours of walking. You know, sometimes he uses a pull cart. That's not okay, but <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's so uh, sports were my entire life, really. What was a day growing up in the Oswald house, eating-wise? Um, and obviously, say, yeah. obviously sports were yeah. going on constantly all year round. But Well, especially, especially before I got to Thayer, the prep school I went to, Hockey was the biggest part of my life. I didn't start playing lacrosse until sixth grade, and that's the sport I ended up choosing in college. But to go back in time, uh, I played for a select hockey team called the Kings that practiced out of Walpole, Massachusetts, and or Needham. And from my house, that was, give or take traffic, 30 minutes to 45 minutes away. And my mom was driving me to practice on a daily basis. So my eating was whatever the hell I could eat. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I loved, I still love ketchup. That's one of my vices, <laughs> ketchup and hot sauce, but it was heavy, heavy on the chicken nuggets and fries and burgers. I loved burgers back then and, uh, simple meals, anything. My mom yeah. used to make so, killer smoothies. I know on your podcast, your mom talked about her smoothies yeah. and that was the same thing for me. When I got home from hockey practice, I wanted to crush that chocolate ice cream smoothie. Yeah, absolutely. To any any level. So all right, so we're eating like it's on the go. It's kind of yeah. classic. Whatever you can get your hands yeah. on, whatever you know the cafeteria is serving and whatnot. Right. Oh, easily. So yeah. on the on the sports front. Yep. What were you you know getting into high school, getting into college? Um, what were you always told by coaches, by nutritionists, by anyone really that yeah. kind of you trainers? Uh, what were you told? Yeah, so I mean, we'll go again. We'll keep it uh, early on in my my livelihood that my doctor told my mom I was a growing boy and that I could eat anything. And I love to tease my mom about that now because anything was not really good food. It was the, I used to crush mozzarella sticks out of the freezer. Uh, you know, again, the burgers, the, the milkshakes, uh, any, I, I have a vice for chips. So Cape Cod chips, the entire bag was done by the end of the night. And I was never told to eat something specific nutritionally until we were playing college sports and it was the basic eat your pasta before the meal. I mean, I remember times we were playing, uh, in college and our nightly meal before the game was Domino's. Yeah. The, you know, the coaches were like, we got pizza boxes. Everybody come pick up your pizza based on the room number you were in. And before games, we were eating heavy pasta. Yeah. And expected as a midi, that's the position I played in lacrosse. You were running a lot during the game. It did not feel good. And yeah. You're not, you're not at your best when you're eating that way. Yeah. I had a totally similar yeah. experience, you know, before <laughs> college football games, like the night before, at, you yeah. know, uh, on the road we'd we'd just get like a pizza ourselves. Yeah. Like we'd have a large yeah. pizza and oh. like we, for some reason we thought it was good to be like carving up for like tomorrow's game. Um, oh. so, okay. So I know we totally yeah. look at nutrition differently now. Yep. Um, so anyway, we're at, so you go to UVM and yeah, did you decide to go to UVM based on, um, you know, kind of the the school and the academics, or were you just 100% like, I want to go play lacrosse somewhere? I think academics was never a big part of my life. Uh, that was an area I struggled with for a long time, and Vermont had a great program with helping you in that area, and it was a smaller school from the other D1 schools I was choosing from lacrosse-wise. So that was a big part of it. And then they always say, 
can you see yourself as an athlete? Can you see yourself at the school if you ever got hurt or stopped playing your sport? And Vermont was definitely one of those. And it turns out after I did three years of lacrosse and then choose my senior year to enjoy the Burlington Vermont lifestyle, especially the skiing where I would just ski before classes. But it was, Vermont was just a good fit and was lucky enough. They had an entrepreneurial program that I could major in there. And it turns out I wouldn't do anything differently now. Right. So we're at UVM. At what point does, you know, I know Darwin starts, yeah. you know, kind of during your time at UVM. Yeah. So how does, how does this whole concept for Darwin come about? It was definitely the idea. You, you can say it became a seed. It wasn't planted. It was just an idea rumbling around my head. I was actually, I, I saw much less playing time my junior year pretty much benched and my mind working as fast as it does needed something to focus on. Still enjoyed being around the team. I just needed to put my energy in a different outlet and studying and being in the entrepreneurial program, I kind of had this idea, especially on the sideline thinking, okay, so many of our friends, you experienced it too. Love studying finance, accounting, marketing. You need to obviously look good and presentable in the quote unquote real world or when you have a job, why is it so hard to find a consistently fitting, extremely high quality American made dress shirt? Or, you know, for what we're wearing now, weekend wear a Henley. Why is that so difficult and why is there no brand behind it? Because usually with the brands out there today, they just like promoting that they're a very good functionally fitting dress shirt. And that's it. You have no ties to the brand similar to a Patagonia or Burton where you have emotional ties to those brands. So when I started the idea at Vermont, it was based off the functionality of like, okay, you know, let's roll the dice and figure it the F out and something will happen and it ended up happening. So it starts out as... um, Started out as t-shirts. It started out as t-shirts. Yeah. So so that's a a funny story and it ended up actually helping Darwin in the long run, but we had a play on our team called 22 South. I was number 22, and obviously, as I just said five minutes ago, I was not playing at that time. So there was kind of a run-on joke on the team that if I ever got the ball again, and I wasn't playing much offense either at the time, so if I got the ball again, I would call 22 South and just take the ball. (laughs) And we had this play. We always worked on this play that I was never involved in. Uh, yeah, it, in never actually, it never actually happened. Never happened, but we <laughs> always practiced it. And we're like, why the hell do we keep practicing 22 South? So we started. I started calling the company 22 South, had a really cool logo. Everyone just used American Apparel shirts and a company online where you could attach your logo to the shirt. And people loved the softness of the shirt. I didn't create the shirt. It was more the logo and the brand ethos behind it of... Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's like how Darwin was born. Is like it's for those people. It's like all right, you're gonna do not the impossible, but you're you're gonna live who you are. You're gonna do what you want to do in a good way and progress yourself. And that's what Twenty Two South was born as. And then a lot of people used to ask, "Hey, how's your T-shirt company?" Mm. And that's not initially what I ever wanted. I wanted the dress shirts. I wanted the button downs, the Henleys, the flannels or chambray shirts so in that evolved to darwin but and the idea with the dress shirts at this time was a fit for the athletic more yeah the uh, v-shaped frame yeah i remember the easiest way i remember you you mentioned kind of the uh american slim fit so you know not kind of the asian european slim fit like really thin you know this is for a you know, you being an athlete yeah. and having kind of the broad frame, yeah. um, but also being very slim in the waist and you wanted something that kind of... Well, I couldn't find anything that fit me personally. Like, I, you know, I'd always, I'd always get excited to go get new, new clothing, new anything nice. And it's funny, I used to get flack for being or for thinking of this idea and putting it into a very niche market that is the American fit male. But at the end of the day a gorgeous European tailored shirt, that's a very niche market. It so happens that there's a fair amount of very thin uh, Europeans, but you and I who are fit can't really fit into those shirts. It's, it's not consistent at least. 
-hmm. If we're buying, we might be buying larges and we're not large humans. So for me and the American fit male, it's like, all right, these, these guys, these men are choosing to, uh, choosing health above a lot else. They know they're a better person when they're healthy. They know, and that'll correlate across the board, whether it's their workspace, whether it's family life, whatever it may be. They're just right. pushing to be the best Pat, the best Pete, whatever it is. Right. And the whole idea with Darwin was it's not a custom shirt. So, like, of course you're right. going to pay <laughs> an enormous amount of money to get a real high-end custom-built shirt. Yeah. And you wanted to kind of break into this really untapped market of, a essentially a custom fitting shirt, but it's it's you know ready to made uh, yeah. ready yeah it's ready it's to off wear the rack it's and, off the and rack. we can get it. I know we want to get into that a little bit later yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, but it, it's funny because again it's it's like those sexy words that we use, like to use right now in society which would be you know hustle or again custom's one of those words because a lot of companies push custom custom made custom this custom that the dress shirts. All of Darwin's shirts are handmade. The body is what is scalable. Like if you are, you know, for you, an example, and so the viewers under, the listeners understand, you're a size one in Darwin. That's someone usually between 5'7 and 5'9 in height and has a chest of 38 to 40. That's going to be a size one. So that's the off the rack part. And because there's functionality in these shirts where you can tuck them in, untuck them, wear a tie, not wear a tie the neck and sleeve length, I accommodate. Right. So I like to use the word accommodate, although you can say it's custom because I'm taking actual measurements or you're providing them. It's not a, a custom shirt. It's more of a, a built-in experience that you're working with me directly to right. make sure it's something you've never experienced before. I like that. I like that the experience uh kind of word there uh, we'll get we'll definitely get back mm -hmm. into this um but i want to yeah. i want to first go so we meet so post uh university of vermont yeah uh you're coming out of uvm i'm coming out of wpi and we had known each other um at least who each other were in a right. little bit um and i do want to bring we did up have the push-up contest exactly that's what that i was, said. yeah that's no, what we had the push-up contest yep so in college, so I'm at WPI playing football. Um, I'm at UVM playing uh, playing lacrosse. lacrosse. And for those that don't know, again, it's University of Vermont. People get confused by the M at the end and, of UVM. And, and WPI is Worcester Polytechnic yeah. Institute uh, in the beautiful city of Worcester, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway... Go um, Worcester. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're both uh, working out at a gym called MBX Training, mm -hmm. which is uh, on the South Shore, a couple towns over from where we are right now. And we're both really getting after it, trying to be the best athletes we can. And yep. there's this one challenge where everybody in the gym uh, would do. And it, it was called uh, a team builder. Yeah, and basically you would be in a you would be in a push up position, so holding essentially a, a plank push up position, and every ten seconds you would do a push up, and you would go as long as you could until you either couldn't do a push up or you couldn't hold the plank and you failed and you hit the ground. And you had to keep a great plank form too, right? You at could the very best. You couldn't like kick your butt. Yeah, up you couldn't or like, like go into down. downward dog yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. So Pete and I ended up being kind of the two guys <laughs> in the gym that like held the records. Yeah. Yep. So I would come in like after doing it. So I, I did it for like six minutes. And then, you know, next week I would come in for my workout and the other trainers would be like, oh, you know, Pete did it for seven. And then I was like, oh, damn, you know. So that day I, I did it for eight. <laughs> and then we would just keep going back. And, um, and I, I will point out that I came out on top. But, um, <laughs> but uh, anyway... Uh, so that's, we knew who each other were just yeah. from working out in, in training yep. uh, at the same gym together. But anyway, after, uh, school we end up, so Pete has Darwin. He's trying to start at the time. I have a dating app company called hint that I'm trying to start and we're, we're hustling. We're, we're, um, we're living, we're both living at home, uh, and we need some, you know, part-time income to live. Right. And we both end up back at MBX training and we... We both uh, didn't really have a path either. I mean, we were both right. trying to... We were pursuing we were, our passions. Yeah, we were pursuing passions definitely. And I think, you know, as you can look back now and 
tie everything together. We did not have a clear road of how to either start Hint or Darwin. It was more of... Figure it out as you go. Yeah, figure it out as you go. I mean, just as it is now, but even more so then, it was like, how the hell do we get this off the ground? Yeah. And and get some type of either user base or customer base that it's just funny to look back at now to think of how we time managed and what we could have done differently and what we did well, but... So we're both training at uh, MBX, actual as trainers. So we have, you know, clients anywhere from... High school athletes to mothers um, to you know mothers in the area to a- anybody really. I actually had four year olds with the four, top yeah. tots program. Yeah, there we and, even trained little kids, yeah. and which was and cool. just so you're not freaked out about that. It was more about how to teach them to play sports. And yeah, they weren't ball they weren't and, like benching or anything. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't doing squats. So don't worry. Yeah, we're all right. So kids. so during this time, we become good friends. Yep. Um and. A lot of spike ball. We are both, you know, we worked there for two years after college together, yeah. roughly. Yeah. And then in 2014? I, yeah. 2000, I think 2013, 2014. I think 2013 is when... Like, we're both ready to... We want to kind of... 2013, yeah. Take our businesses into the city and kind of get more serious with them. Yeah. And... Um, or at least that's what we thought it would take to get more serious yeah, with the business. Yeah, you know, we think... Yeah, the city know, life, you think... You know, the society norm maybe is the best way to put it is like, okay, we're young 20 year olds. We got to get in the city. We got to experience what that means and how to maybe look more professional or at least yeah, you've, you've made it. Right. Like, oh, we can afford the city. We can do this. And we run our businesses out of the apartment. So maybe I think, but at least for me, that was a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there, was, a, there was a pressure, not only kind of socially, yeah. but also it's like, you got to move out of the parents' house. You yeah. you got to get into the city. You yep. got to do all this and this and and there's kind of a pressure amongst your peers and right. um, also just kind of the societal norm to you know move out and yeah and figure it out. Tell us how why you felt like you needed to move in there and also um, how we kind of found the apartment and I'll, I'll let you run with that. Yeah, it was, uh, God, it, it's, 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 and you had a business partner at the time. Yeah, I had so. a business partner and could not be, it's just me now, but could not be more grateful for how much he helped and get it off the ground and really just kickstart Darwin, which was awesome. So yeah. And, and to give, give him a little shout out, uh, Freebird. D- David Freemeyer. Yeah, we like to call him Freebird. Okay. Freebird, uh, a good friend of both of ours. Yeah. So. And he, so Freebird and I, Freebird was moving up. He actually transferred from University of Vermont down to uh, UT Austin. And he was two years younger than me. So he was graduate. Like we had already been out of school. And so he was graduating and moving up to Boston to help really jumpstart and propel the company. So Freebird and I were looking in the Boston area for apartments. Turns out it's easier to find a, and it's more affordable for a three bedroom or whatever you can make yeah. a three bedroom as we'll, we'll, we'll get talk into. about it. And yeah. so obviously next person I ask is Pat. Uh, I want to see if Pat wants to join, get out of home, live in the city. So we start, so Pat and I are doing the search cause we're the ones that are local and in the area and we see some cool apartments. We think, you know, we might put some money down on one or another. And Pat's like, Hey, I, I, you know, I got, I think I got this place. I think, I think you'll love it. And we were kind of looking for a loft style apartment that way it was almost a two bedroom that you could turn into a, a tiny three bedroom. And so we're starting to walk down the street in the South end of Boston. And the street is one of the dirtiest streets I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. I don't know why, but trash just collects, not like actual trash bags, but like trash on the side of the road just collects on this street. And the South end had a rough reputation about 10 years ago and now it's completely fine and gentrified yeah, and now gorgeous. It's the posh, yeah. The posh it's just unbelievable. But so we're walking down the street and I just remember looking at Pat and being like, no way. Like the, <laughs> build, like the building to the right of us, if you sneeze on it, it'll probably fall down. And then the apartment we're going to was right near the highway. It's like, I don't think so. I don't know. Turns out we walk in, it's the perfect loft style apartment. No, no doors for bedrooms, but we made it three guys in there work with three different beds and uh, this sweet open style apartment. With yes. cement floors that you could skateboard around on and kind of cruise. And yeah, whatnot. so to so to paint the picture for the listeners, <laughs> so it's me, Pete, and Freebird in what is technically a one bedroom loft. Yeah, 
uh, that definitely we, could be a, a sufficient two bedroom. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could. You could put up a little fake wall or right. Well, not three bedroom was really pushing it. But yeah, it was. But no, no doors. Um, so kind of, you know, I, I have a girlfriend at the time. Uh, you know, Pete and yeah, David are, we are were both single. single. Yep. So it's like you know things are getting complicated when <laughs> <laughs> when when somebody you know maybe meets uh, a woman or anything like that. But. Um, <laughs> So just to paint the picture, we're, you know, we're all waking up. We're, yeah. you know, I'm at my computer. They're at their computer. If someone kinda, woke up, the other two were waking up. Because it, it was like, it the, was the like coffee this. was going. Pat was eating his eggs then all the time. <laughs> so he loved to, whatever, for whatever reason, sizzle them. And it drove Freebird crazy. I thought he was going to crack an egg over his head. Yeah, there uh, was, like, yeah, if you, were, if you were up making breakfast, like, everybody you know, wakes up. Yeah, if you're everybody. making coffee, like, yeah. you know, it was that, there were no doors. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of this like, incubator. you had a little brick layer though. That was pretty cool. At least had that. I and did, yeah. A, a, a little curtain. separation. Yeah. And a nice curtain. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so it was like this incubator living situation and we're all just yeah. kind of trying to figure it out. Um, so anyway, at the time you had been working with some consultant. Yeah. On, uh, on your yeah. Shirts. I was just keep it as that. She was awesome at, Again, she was the type of person that got our foot in the door. Uh, both Freebird and I had no background in clothing other than that mentality that we talked about earlier of figure it out. And I had a general idea of the, the fit and the sizing I wanted. I just didn't know how to go about it. And to quickly backtrack, just to add to this serendipitous story that is Darwin, there was one day we were, Pat and I, when we were back working at MBX as trainers, I didn't feel like going in one day. And I instead went to our family golf club and wanted to hit balls. So I'm hitting balls on the driving range. And the, the owner of the actual gym building was there hitting balls next to me because he belongs to the same club. And he said, oh, oh, Pete, you didn't go to work today? I was like, no, nah, didn't feel like it. And he starts laughing and said, hey, what, what is this dress shirt? What is this company you have going on? Dive into what Darwin was then. And he said, hey, I might have a contact for you that could help. Turns out... The exact content couldn't help, but he got us in touch with what then became our consultant. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing how that was just a little ripple effect of, hey, I didn't go to work, but it, right. it was a jump, it was a big jump start to Darwin and where we needed to go. So not to so things are moving slow though. I mean you're Oh, definitely slow. Yeah. There's, it's I, not I the typical guys, like tech company that we had employees in a year. We still don't know, it's just me, but yeah. So yeah. I remember you guys kind of frustrated with kind of how slow designs are going and yeah. that sort of thing. It's and, a weird industry to begin with anyways. I'll and again, kind of a, a serendipitous thing. You end up meeting uh, a guy named Roger um, oh, and I'll let, you, yeah. I'll let you take it. And so we're about not selling anything at this point that we moved into the apartment. We're still trying to figure out proper patterns, proper sizing, how yeah. to go about fabric. I know... I've talked about it with a lot of people, but if you don't know certain outlets, they will not sell you fabric. They will not, they'll just hang up. It's, it's a strange industry. I, I understand. I don't understand why it's so hidden, but I understand why people keep their contacts to themselves because it's a first come first serve basis, which then leads into. So again, because Pat chose this apartment and it worked out for all of us there, the building that was across the street is mainly filled with artists. Uh, those who paint, those who film, and they have open studios twice a year, which means you can walk into this building and see the artwork. You can see who's occupying the spaces, even buy some of the work if you want. It's a big time for the South End because a lot of people go go enjoy that. So Freebird and I walk in and we're like, okay, let's you know, let's see this building. Let's see what it's all about. Maybe it has a rooftop. Maybe you can oversee Boston. That was really the premise of going in there. And it turns out you walk in this building, it's never ending. It, it almost looks like the hotel from The Shining, where it's just like you don't know where you are, what room leads to another room. First room we walk into ends up being this guy, Roger. And there's clothing everywhere. And we walk in, it's, what is this? And he kind of tells us that he does patterns, that he does... He does short runs, which means he can make small quantities in the in your clothing label. He can make adjustments. I know Patty's hemmed up plenty of your pants and oh, plenty yeah. of my buddy's pants and tailored them to make sure they fit right. He's I call him the magic man. He can do anything. Uh, he is a gift that is 
unlike maybe anyone in the world. And so we walk in, show him our product. He tells us it sucks. And then uh, the way we're going about everything sucks. So he was like, you two are idiots and start laughing and we don't really know what to do. Walk, walk out of there. And Freebird had an inclination that was like, I think we got to use Roger. So we go back and Roger was like, listen, just pay me for my time. So just pay him to work. He's like, I will get you. If you need fabric, I can put you in touch with who you need to be in touch with and order fabric at any point, any point of the night. And he's like, I can, you know, alter any type of shirt you want. I mean, it literally is, uh, I can't yeah, imagine so what a, where the hell I would be without Roger. Yeah. What a crazy yeah. thing. And like, it's only because Pat chose the apartment and then this is across the way. He doesn't, he doesn't market like Yelp keeps, and I'm with him every day, but Yelp keeps contacting him and he's like, why do I need Yelp? People will find me. Yeah. He just has that yeah, bravado. So he's, he's kind of this mysterious, like, hidden gem yeah. that you just happen to... Like, we happen to move in, yeah. like, literally across the street from him. It's, and you, you happen to waltz in and find him. And now, you and know... And to paint he, a picture, he, he's he a 60-year-old from Trinidad and Tobago that has an incredible life story to end up where he's ended up. But he, I think his soul and attitude is that of maybe a mix of a 12 and 22 year old <laughs> to put it in uh, in nice terms, but he is a ball of fun and just knows he's got a gift. He, he, he can look at somebody and know their exact size yeah. and how to alter clothing or create the clothing. Yeah. To, essentially to follow up on that. I've literally walked in with a pair of pants <laughs> that I want hemmed and I'm very specific about how my pants fit from a tapered, yep. you know, I'm very, I'm very picky <laughs> and you know, this, this guy, Roger just, just looks at me yeah. and he's just like, yeah, you're good. Leave the pants. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, don't you need to like measure me and all this stuff? Yeah. And he's just, he's that good with his eyes, with making clothing. Yep. And this is, this is the guy that's making your Darwin shirt. So he hand makes Darwin shirts. Hand uh, makes this them. is the guy yep. that hand makes them talk to me. Like, you know, how long does that take? Because when, when people hear handmade shirts right? right everybody's kind of saying using that term loosely nowadays i feel yeah. like and yeah. they're, they're like you know uh it's handmade it's it does all this uh you know it's uh you know in, in beer it was small batch it's right you know That's it's, a great point, it's kind actually. of those yeah. quality yeah. sort of things but yep. this really is a handmade shirt local i mean yeah. it is oh yeah of it's, the utmost quality so talk about yeah, it kind so of, i mean i took it i took a lot of things for granted before even going through this process, if we saw clothing on the rack or we go to a store, you were basically basing of its value. It's, you know, you and I have talked a lot about perceived value lately, but perceived value of, okay, it's a brand name. So that must be good. Or the price tag says $500. It must be good. And then there was, or I like to compare it now. It's like, Hey, why are you buying a $10,000 table? That's crazy. It's a table. You just use it for little things. But to paint the picture of the handmade process with this, and now it allows me to understand why a table is $10,000. Roger takes an hour to an hour and 10, 15 minutes to even just cut the shirt. The shirt starts as a bolt of fabric. He lays the pattern pieces. And with my shirt, there's 19 pieces to the shirt. He cuts the 19 pieces. He presses them on the iron to make sure they're flat, everything ready. And then to sew the shirt itself, it takes about five, five and a half hours, depending on what he's doing too, because he likes to be a little all over the place, <laughs> but about five hours. And then buttons and buttonholes themselves take about, I mean, depending on the shirt could take roughly 30 minutes to 50 minutes. All right, so there's so, a process to this. So shirt. we're talking all in seven hours? Yeah. For, I mean, for good, one Yeah, shirt. I mean, if, if it's... If there's no distractions, yeah. I could see it done in five and a half, but that's that's pushing it. That's breaking records. That's right. running a two-hour marathon. That's yeah. So so it's a long time. All right. So shirt. so the quality's there. The quality handmade, like this is a very real thing. So yeah. we are. I mean, I am a customer. Yeah. I yep. the button-down shirts. I will not wear anything else. Yep. Um, I'm like I said. I'm very picky <laughs> about my clothes. Yeah. And once I wore a Darwin button down, like I just, I wasn't right. going back. Like, yeah. It made me look slim. Like yeah. that I worked to your to body. Yeah. yeah. It just, it, it speaks to your lifestyle. Exactly. Right now, especially. 
So we're sitting here, you know, I have a Darwin Henley on. Yep. You you got a Darwin button down. I have a button like down on, yeah. It, it's cool. You know, I have mostly been in kind of untangible businesses in yeah. technology and whatnot. Um, but you have this tangible product. We were sitting right. here three years ago. something, yeah. Three years ago, you... you you have no I, background in yeah, no in, product either, no nothing. I mean nothing. You have no background in in nothing. That's like, it was a dish in towel, fashion. Was, yeah. You have no background in business. You have yeah. no background in this. We're sitting here wearing <laughs> Darwin shirts, yeah. and there's you know probably a, there's there's at least a couple hundred yeah. guys today that are wearing them at their that's true at their yeah. job or yep. whatever they're doing. Yeah, whatever they're doing. I mean that is how that's the coolest thing. Like, it, talk to me about that feeling. It's it's funny. I think it, I'm finding it cooler and cooler as time goes. For me, it was, again, I've always had that, especially in golf, that grip it and rip it mentality of if it goes in the woods, I'll figure it out and get it out <laughs> of the woods and find a way on the green. Uh, and I've definitely applied that to my entrepreneurial world, my business world, the making of the shirts. So... At the beginning, it was more like, all right, test me. You don't think I can make a shirt and sell it? Yeah, I can. I can do that. And that turned into one shirt. That turned into two buyers, three buyers, whatever it may be. And I've almost had to become more proud of myself, more grateful that people are actually interested. It's not just friends that want to help. There are legitimate customers that find that they love Darwin. They love the brand. They love the product. And it keeps me going that's for sure that's the motivation that wakes me up it's like wow this really it has a heartbeat how do you keep growing it how do you mature it how do you learn the lessons from darwin clothing but to be here sitting in the clothing is like wow this is actually a product Mm -hmm. that i obviously would wear and you're wearing and a lot of other people really enjoy wearing as well right now the tagline or the yeah, um, which is a funny. That's we'll the, get into the, that funny story. The tagline for Darwin is is be relevant, right? So tell us about what what does that mean? So a quick backstory on be relevant, and even Darwin the name. Again, everything has a story sure. right now, but sure. Darwin the name came from everybody's always interested in that. It's like Charles Darwin for those that are unsure of how the name is spelt or pronounced. And when the idea was coming about, I, Freebird and I did not know what to name the company because we had to get away from 22 South because so many people thought that, you know, it was how are your t-shirts to go back to that. And I sent out a mass text message. It was like, hey, these are what the dress shirts are. These are what the button downs are. They're for that athletic shape. What do we call this company? And one of my close friends from high school, Trisha, sent a message back and said, why don't you call it Darwin? Okay, Why? And she said, kind of play off clothing of the fittest. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't use that as a tagline, but for people at that stage to understand where the name came from, it was clothing of the fittest. It's for that fit male. It's evolution of where the dress shirt is going and adapting to the modern workplace, the modern male who really values health and a passionate life. And so Darwin was born, the name had no tagline. I meet with one of my dad's friends who was not a Darwin customer, but he loved the story and said, wow, so based on your pitch and what you're telling me, you're essentially telling people be relevant or die. And it made me laugh. I was like, oh my God, that's pretty harsh. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how people are going to take that. It's intense. But he, what he meant was don't die by the wayside of society. Don't just give in and live what you think is going to make you a happy life. Actually go out and pursue what makes you happy, what makes your drive go, what makes you tick. Mm -hmm. And so I dropped the die and kept be relevant because relevancy is relative to anyone. You know, my relevancy might be a little bit different than yours. You know, we all end up at the same place, but on much different paths because we have to find our way. So that's the relevancy. It could be someone that is just crushing it in the financial markets. It could be someone with clothing, someone in the vegan atmosphere, 
that wants to do what they're doing and they're just pursuing a better sense of self. So that's where the relevancy comes from. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So we're, we, we live in Boston for only a year, right? Yeah. So we're in there a year. Um, I left like, like eight months in, I run out of money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't pay rent. Right. And, you know, I'm, I, I still have to pay rent for like, yeah. you know, the last four months, but I'm moving home because I'm, right. I need to save on food. I need yep. to save on all the extra costs of being in there. Um, so too, I'm too many chicken pitas for Pat <laughs> at that time for those who don't know. And so you end up moving home too at the end of the lease. Right. Yeah. And we broke it or got out of it in June right. of 2015, I believe. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk about, because we, we kind of mentioned that stigma of, of living at home yeah. or that stigma. Yeah. Uh, right. That right. I, yeah. I, I don't know how like, else to it's explain just like, it. Yeah. It's, so it's like, oh, you, you didn't make it. What's wrong? What happened? Yeah. So talk to me about, like, you have made the conscious decision yeah. to live at home and, and run your business from, right. from home. Yep. Have, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of the obvious move. It's like, well, yeah, why, not? Yeah. why not save that money? Why yeah. not put that towards, towards your business? Right. Um, but talk to me about kind of the stigma and why you've kind of embraced that mentality of, yeah. Look, I'm cool with living at home, and yeah. I'd, I'd rather put money towards and my it's, company. And for the listeners out there, I haven't fully embraced it until more recently. So when I talk about this, don't think like, oh, I moved home with like, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm it's, fired up to move I, home. I yeah. did. I, I was embarrassed. I was, you know, it was, it was nerve-wracking. And, it, and it's a perception in my own mind. And it's caring what other people think, and other people don't give a shit. I mean, yeah. they might judge, but again, who cares? Mm. But moving home for me and when the confidence kept building and building, it made the most sense because we live in a society now that glorifies and romanticizes about the entrepreneur that's sleeping on the floor with 10 other guys in an apartment and, and making it work and eating ramen every day and you know, spending, going and buying dollar menu items and yeah. whatever, they ha- whatever they have to do, like that grunt work. And you and I are fortunate enough to have a family that fully supports us and supports our dreams and have the ability to move home. And that's something that I had to fully accept and be like, okay, this is, this is my life. This is my chance. It made so much sense too, to not be filled with anxiety and be like, oh my God, I can't cover rent. I just went out with my buddies and I got to yeah. split the bill and the <clears throat> bills, whatever amount. It made sense to go home because then if you know you and Courtney were like, hey, you want to come skiing? I could go skiing. I'm not paying rent. I can actually live still my adventurous life and be not fully comfortable, but it was accessible. Yeah. It was, I had the ability to do it. I mean, a, a quick story, because I'm home now... I'm able to, my sister moved out to Denver. I was able to do, sell a bunch of stuff on eBay and go out there. And for three, three, four days, I was able to ski Keystone, Vail, and Breckenridge and right. experience West Coast skiing and do a little trip just to get away from everything. And, and having your startup that is entirely, you know, self-funded. Right. Yep. Um, Everything bootstrapped. So having your startup and... Having a rent on top of that, especially in Boston, which is ridiculously yeah, expensive right. and only, just keeps only going, going up. up. Yeah. Um, you know, you wouldn't have been able to do this stuff. You wouldn't no. have been able to travel and, no. and kind of go and on these. Travel, I'm a believer in travel shapes your life. And it's, it's morbid to think about, but if I, if I died tomorrow, I'd be pretty bummed that I didn't try to find a way to go travel like I just did by selling the stuff on eBay. Or yeah. I know, again, we, we love talking about those people that work 24 hours or have that energy level. I mean, there are a couple of big guys in social media right now that their energy levels are so high that it, you can't relate. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I'm actually really interested in the, the, the efficiency of certain guys. And that's what I've really valued. It's like, okay, I'm awake. What can I get done? And then how can I also experience a life at yeah. the same time and get creative yeah. on how to do that? It's funny how, there's a lot of people kind of told me, and I know yeah. you've experienced this too. It's kind of like, yeah, you need to be out on your own, you know, grinding for rent, eating ketchup and mustard sandwiches <laughs> and like, you know, ramen noodles, like you said, yeah. and doing all these, all these things to get by. And all that I found 
of, of doing yeah. that. Like we tried that, you know, we yeah. were, we were doing that, yeah. you know, one bedroom and right. three guys trying to run our, our businesses. And all it did for me, a lot of people say that pressure, that back against the wall, yeah. that, that kind of, I have to figure out rent yeah. will force you out of your comfort zone and to do things that you wouldn't do. And it will progress right. your business. And yeah. I agree with that a little bit. I do too. But yeah. I also think it absolutely de- derails your your focus and your vision. So for yeah. me, money and the fact that I had to pay rent made me make poor decisions when it came to my, my dating app company. Right. And I made a lot of decisions that were really, if I didn't have to pay rent at the end of yeah. the month, I never would have made. So, That's true. Yep. So I actually think, yeah, the back against the wall can be... Um, can force you out of your comfort zone and I'm all about getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But, um, it also derails you from your, your vision to an extent. Yeah. So why not, you know, if you're young and you have a family that will support you and yeah. support your, well, your you business, and I why I mean, not live the, at home? You had Courtney and that was your, you know, attachment, but you guys right. weren't married. You weren't, you weren't paying for kids. You weren't, yeah. you know, the, the typical, the bills weren't that Big. Yeah. I mean, you still, we still have bills, yeah. but it's not anything that's going to knock you on your ass and be like, oh my God, I got to get, I got to go find a, a job that pays me every yeah. day to do this and that. And, and, to, and to get a little bit more into that, you know, I have, we both have a lot of friends that, you know, I get the texts all the time and you do too, yeah. I know. And it's like, oh, I wish I could leave and, and do this, you know, or yeah. I, I want to do this. And it's like, well, you can't. Like, yeah, you ask yes, that person, yes, you say, yeah. all right, you know, how much money do you have in the bank? It doesn't really matter. Right. Do you have a family that, if worse comes to worse, if you go for this and yeah. you just, you, as yeah. you say, grip it and rip it, right. if you just go for it, right? Right. What's the worst that's going to happen? Oh, You're going to have to move right. back home. Well, like it becomes you, the we're ego. Not, like, the ego yeah. is such a big player in all we, this. We live in an, in an area and, and most of our friends yeah. have families that su- support them. Oh, easily. In, in, some, in some way or sort, yeah, too. I like, mean, worst case scenario, yeah. you move home. Like, yeah. yeah, your ego takes a shot if you yeah, really right. feel it does. Yeah. Um, that's and, exactly. And that ego, if you let it feel it does. Yeah, exactly. That's the only one. I exactly. Mean, it's, 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 it's in your head. Yeah. And, as you said, nobody gives a shit. No one. Right? No so one. That and kind if they of, do, they're being an asshole. Yeah. They're judging. That fear of, I can't, like, I can't let my peers see me living at home. Yeah. It prevents people from from taking the leap. Yeah. And, and that's too bad. Um, all right. So this might next be a I want to get, <laughs> I know. Like, what do you guys know. want? We're, what are you listeners? Like, we're going to oh, keep going. This might be a long one. All so. right. So talk to me about, I know when we were in Boston, you yes. started messing with nutrition. Yeah. You've cer- you were certainly kind of a, a little spark for me to start thinking yep. about different ways of eating. Yeah. Um, so without even really intending to be, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, the type that was like, Pat, change your eating. Yeah, right. I, I just I was, noticed like, yeah. you know, you, you had a juicer. Yeah, and you, like, I did love my juicer. You were eating like yeah. Beyond Meat when it was yes. like brand new. Yeah. Uh, which is a meat alternative uh, brand, you know, plant-based meat yeah. uh, for those that don't know. But walk me through a day like right now, right. Uh, nutritionally and yeah. both, both kind of uh, from a productivity standpoint. What, okay. What's the average day well, look I'll like? Well, I'll give a quick backstory for viewers. Just Again, I'm a, I'm a story guy, I guess, but... The reason I started messing around with what's called vegetarian vegan, yeah, uh, I had, and I won't go into those stories. They're kind of funny though. But I kept violently throwing up, and I did not know why. And and again, I know Pat's shared his story plenty about you know I was I ate the similar way as Pat did. You know, low carbs, high in animal protein. Mm-hmm. Looked you know if you saw if you saw me, you'd say wow he was really healthy. He looks yeah. healthy. He's fit. And there were times where, you know, I could go out, have salmon, which everybody says is very healthy and salmon and a beer. And I didn't correlate it until I learned why, but I would actually go to bed and I'd black out. I'd wake up, fall somewhere. I've, I've fallen downstairs. I've fallen into trash cans. And then I would, I would violently throw up and I didn't know why. And I think a lot of people, if you tell that story to, they're like, oh, maybe this kid's just being a drunk idiot or he's not telling the whole truth. And and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why. So there's this awesome, awesome holistic doctor in the Cohasset area, which is the town I grew up, Dr. Mark Mincola. And I went to him and it was funny. You have an hour and a half, two hour appointment when you go to him. I, I think it only took five minutes to figure out what was wrong because he actually has the same thing 
I do, and is I have a, a, a huge intolerance to fat and fermentation. So, mm-hmm. you know, the amino acids in a salmon, super high, that's fatty. And, and I'm not saying fat's bad for you either. Like, I, you know, if you're eating avocado, that's good. But I just can't have fat or fermentation, which is beer and wine. Yep. And uh, if I do drink, it has to be distilled. And so I talked to uh, Dr. Mincola and I said, he's like, what makes you feel good? I was like, funny enough. And I was one of those guys that if you told me I'd be vegan, I would have smacked you in the face. I would have been like, no way am I going to be vegan. And I talked to him. I said, hey, this vegetarian vegan thing makes me feel really good. Why? Low in fat. Yeah. Usually low in fat. I mean, I can't have the, I unfortunately yeah. can't it's have not, the nuts. Like I have a weird yeah. one, a little bit of a weird one where like, I can't have the nightshades. Yeah, yeah, I sure. can't have uh, nuts, even though they're great and, for you. And I want to point out when you say can't, I mean, it makes you feel crappy when you eat them. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's to the point where you could get sick. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I've, ta- I've, uh, I've tested it out and I think bell peppers, I'm pretty sure are a nightshade, yeah. which I, again, I'm not going to give the listeners that just like an exact definition because yeah. I'd probably butcher it, but you guys can look it up a nightshade. I think tomatoes, eggplant, yeah. mushrooms, long story short, you eat what makes you feel good. I eat what makes me feel good. And th- that stuff, when it doesn't make me feel good, I throw up. So I started playing around with it in, in when we lived in Boston and you thought I was crazy and Freebird too for eating that beyond meat. They're like, what the hell is this food? Yeah. Like what? I'm never touching that. Sure, and, yeah. and it's, it is funny to think about, but it's led me and Pat really jumped on the vegan train quicker than I did. I still played around even up to a year ago. I was still eating certain fish yeah. and it was more atmospheric. I was experimenting yeah. and I, 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 I kind of knew I was heading down this road. It was just a matter of time until I got there, but a uh, typical day now is I'm obsessed with acai bowls, especially since they have that acai packets you can buy at Whole Foods. So I'll make an acai bowl in the morning, and then midday, or probably mid-morning, probably have some type of chip and hummus for a snack. Midday, have a smoothie, go back to the chips and hummus in the afternoon, and then at night, it's been a mishmash of everything. Just yeah. I'm obsessed with roasted veggies at the moment yeah. and butternut squash is the bomb. Yeah. I love these chickpea patty burgers. Oh my God. And then it allows me to use my ketchup and hot sauce. So, so it's just delicious. What role has nutrition played in kind of your entrepreneurial business world? How has your productivity increased? How has your kind of energy uh, been? Like what yeah. role d- has food played in that? I think energy... I don't know how, but it even went higher, which is great. And I think that's mainly because, for me at least, clarity. Clarity, it's very... Mental. It's very mental, and you're eating something that's very simple. What you're eating is just... Again, unless you experience it, unless you feel it, when you eat vegan, it just seems to go to the places your body needs it the most. It's such an intangible thought, what I just said. But it basically is if you take your iPhone... You plug it in the wall to charge because it's at 2% and it just slowly gets back to 100. That's what eating vegan is. It's like you can go <laughs> yeah. the whole day and then you eat it and you're like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm kind of full, but I don't like, you don't get that gross full feeling yeah. that you're like, oh, I got to sit down and unbutton my pants and, yeah, right. and watch TV. It's more like, wow, I just recharged my body. I'm going to take a little time so everything digests, but it is going, that food is going places where my body needs it most. And Productivity-wise, that helps a ton. You know, I wake up in the morning, and to give a real dissect my morning heavily, I've really gotten into cold showers lately. Uh, I'm on day 26 in a row of cold <laughs> showers. For those that want to know, so that's the first thing I do in the morning. I, I take just a frigid cold shower. I make sure I turn the coffee pot on beforehand, so my reward is a hot coffee. I turn on Headspace. I love that app. And I meditate for 10 minutes and meditation for me. And I finally just grasped this because you hear so many different versions of what meditation is. For me, it's just shutting the mind down even when it hasn't started yet in the morning. I just want to listen to the birds chirping. I just want to listen to the thought here and there that comes in my head. From there, I will usually have my smoothie ready to go. I have the smoothie while I go and prime my day. I'm like, okay, what do I have to focus on? What do, what's my attitude going into the day? Because 
as fun as it sounds being an entrepreneur, it's not that fun. It's I mean, not like, sexy. It's, it's not sexy. It is. I what I've actually become obsessed with and have fun with is it pushes me to levels I did not know I could go mentally. And I know that's only just begun Mm -hmm. and it's hard enough as it is. And it's, that's the sexy part to me. It's like, okay, I have to prime myself mentally and physically to endure what's going to happen today. And again, it's all perspective and relative. If someone doesn't like a shirt or says it doesn't fit, that's in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. Right. But it does, it, it is a, you know, it is a kick to the stomach at times. It's like, you know, damn, like, uh, did I just disappoint this person? Did I just make an error? But it's a, I, it's a roller coaster ride. It's a roller coaster ride. So I really like to prepare myself, and and food definitely helps that way because I know what I'm going to eat throughout the day too. So to touch on that, you know, I literally attribute any success I've yep. had to my diet change. Right. Yeah. It has just changed my life. Yeah, for and sure. And your golf game. And my golf game. And your golf game. <laughs> and most importantly, you your know, golf game. Yeah. As you know. And the uh, swing is just, it's all in the hips with the veggies. So why do you think that it is so foreign for people, you know, especially as yeah. an entrepreneur, That's as somebody yeah. uh, pursuing their dreams, to think that that food plays such an important role? Like for, for me, I'm telling you right now, yeah. like eating, eating plants Right. For me, they're performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. Like they took me to the next level. Yeah. They put my confidence sky high so I right. could walk into these meetings with full yeah. confidence and just, I, it makes me my best. Right. So they're performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> but like that's literally yeah. how I look at that. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for people to wrap their head around that eating foods? Like, cause if you went to a startup founder and said, Hey man, I got this pill that's going to make you like, like limitless, like yeah. that movie, yeah, right? yeah. like that, that you're just going to yeah. be dialed in and yeah. just like live in life on yeah. a higher level. Yeah. If you told somebody, Hey man, just like, you know, yeah. eat plants, avoid meat and dairy and, and that'll happen. Right. Why is that so crazy? Why do you think that's so Oh God. I fathom? mean, this, this is a big black hole that you, you can go down <laughs> and I'll try to, I'll try to not get to and outer space with this one. But I, again, ego is such a big one. I mean, again, you and I said earlier, if you told us three years ago that we would be vegan, we'd be like, you're out of your yeah, mind. That eh? stigma with the word. And, so, and, right? and, and, I, and again, I know you've really touched base to your listeners and any of my friends that listen, end up listening to this. It's what we're educated and what we choose to listen to. And, you know, forever we were told to, I mean, you look at the, the food chart and you look at athletes. I mean, we're coming from an athletic background and you see the guys on the NFL field, you see the guys playing hockey, lacrosse, whatever it may be that are shredded, that, you know, that the marketing is telling us they look unbelievable. I mean, the Sports Illustrated body yeah. issue, those people are eating Because of the meat, whey protein and the, the, whey and protein, the lean and, meats. Yeah, and, the, and it's, you know, the protein shakes, this and that. Yeah. And it's, I think it's hard. It, it is really hard because unless you choose to educate yourself, or at least... You know what? Educate. It doesn't mean you're not educated. It, it's more: Are you opening your mind to a different perspective? Yeah. Because you know, I can. I for me personally, I can relate this to school. Again, I've had, you know I had a very difficult time with school. I'm dyslex- dyslexic, and I can't even say it. That's how dyslexic. But and, <laughs> and ADHD. So I hated reading. I hated doing schoolwork. And you look back at the books we read in school, you're like, why are we reading these? These suck. Yeah, they and, they're, and they're, yeah. Like, they're like Nobel Prize books. Like, yeah. they're, technically, they're awesome. And it's the way we're informed about them. We just had to remember names and dates and the settings, not actually what's happening. Like where, no one's ever having the students put themselves in the author's feet and, yeah. and the story that's being told. And, and I'm a... I'm a reading fanatic now. Now I understand why the authors are the way they are. I'm a Jack Kerouac freak. I love Steinbeck. They're coming from a perspective that they're seeing the world on a whole different level. They're very open. And it doesn't mean they're against society. They're just diving deeper into what is there. And I think that is the hardest part for some people with veganism. And even vegetarian. That's a funny yeah. one too because people are always, I can't give up cheese. Yeah. All right, so why don't you just do vegetarian and start with that? You have your cheese. I mean, it was just like me. I experimented. You, I mean, I give you all the credit in the world. It's a huge inspiration, but you dove right into it. You're like, F it, I'm going right to vegan. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm and not you kidding. stick to it. And, it's, and I tiptoed. 
I yeah. tiptoed, not around it. I was in the water. I just had to figure out what worked for me and then got right in there yeah. and found it. Look, maybe there is, maybe I am eating in an unoptimal, yeah, yeah, un- yeah. Un- unoptimal manner. Yeah. Like there needs to be some sort of openness, some sort of ability to try something new. Right. And also yeah. that kind of confidence that I don't really care what you label yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I may not be full vegan or I may not be vegetarian. We have all these labels and it's right. just kind of this confidence in just saying, I'm just going to eat yeah. what makes me feel good. Yeah. And, and it's the labels. It's actually yeah. the labels. I had a discussion with two of my buddies that I was with last night. We were just talking about more of the, the mental growth with business and, and what you consider successful and, and getting there. But then there's going to be another there. And it was heavy on the mental side. Sure. But, and we highlighted good and bad. Like, what is a good day? What is a bad day? And at the end of the day, those are labels that we as a society has put on a lot of things. And that's totally okay. But in every situation, you learn. Mm-hmm. You learn, you grow. And it's funny how we've attributed, like, the vegan, we, in our, it paints a picture in a lot of people's heads, unfortunately, of what the vegan is. They can see the person marching around, like the PETA type person yeah, that's they, marching around. Yeah, they see around the guy and, in the VW like in their van face. in the flannel. Yeah. yeah. And it's like associated with I wouldn't, that. I wouldn't know? mind being that guy in a couple <laughs> of years. <laughs> but but uh, I would love that VW van, but I've always wanted one. But it's that, yeah, it's unfortunate that it's, I think we're getting to that point it's where coming it's coming around. I mean, there are those meditation studios now in New York City and LA, yeah. I believe. And that's something if, again, you told us, you yeah, told our parents, becoming, our parents didn't yeah. even know. And, and yoga's just coming. I mean, yoga's around. Like, yoga's yeah. big time now. But it was just Lululemon and yeah. whoever else. It, it's, it's just coming around now. all these kind of things of kind of... It's okay. It's open. Yeah, being connected with yeah. the earth and being connected with food. They're becoming less and less hippie, taboo. Yeah. It's, it's going to come around. Not everybody's going to become vegan. Not yeah. everybody's going to become vegetarian. Yeah. But the more we're open to learning about what's out there and why it's out there and not just taking everything... For granted, I mean, even you and I talking, people should just dive into what we're saying and see what they come up with, mm. what works for them. I mean, my daily routine is my daily routine. Yours is yours. Yeah, sure. And it works. You walk almost every day. I don't walk. I mean, I walk, but I'm not like yeah, yeah. I'm not out there every day doing that. For me, it's I actually get really inspired by the new rage of vlogs, which is video blogs mm-hmm. and. When you're walking, getting that headspace, that's mine. I, I like to create. That's yeah. the creation of space. So, for the listeners out there, I would honestly just, just, bur- just browse. We have the whole world at our fingertips. Just browse and see what works. Just try. Yeah. And see how you feel. I and always say that. On just top, see how you feel. On top of that, I want to say like specifically, like yeah. I, I always bring things back to food, but yeah, don't try for two days. Commit for two months. And, and see how it makes you feel, right? right? Yeah. Commit, at least try for a long enough time to actually get the benefit from it. Oh, yeah. Before, yeah. you know, don't have a salad and say, oh, like, it didn't fill me up, like, I'm done. Right. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's like, when you try something, commit to it for yeah. a, a long enough to get the, yeah. get the outcome that, that can happen. Right. Um, but anyway, we can go all day on this. Yeah. Uh, before I get into, we're, we're, we're going long. But, yeah, uh, let's just keep I, going. They'll, they'll before listen. I get into, <laughs> they're in. We got them. <laughs> before I, I get into the last question, yeah. Um, just want to say thanks for being. Oh, I mean, this, we have this was awesome. We have taken this kind of both both food wise and entrepreneurial wise. Yeah, we have we have taken this journey kind of together. Yep. And we and are, we're still on it. We're still on we're still it. cruising. It's, it's, we're going yeah. through space, and who, who knows where we're going? <laughs> and so. Uh, so really cool to, to have you. No, and, thank, and thank you. you. No, thank you. This is and, awesome. And for the listeners, um, please do yourself a favor. Uh, DarwinClothing.us. DarwinClothing.us. Um, go check it out. I mean, these Check shirts, it out. And definitely the website is set up if, for those, if you do check it out. The website is set up for, and it almost directs you to contact me directly because I, I love working with buyers. I love working with those interested in the company. So and it's a text not, is and text a text is, is absolutely fine. Yeah. And you know, the link to my email is right there. So if you are interested, let me know and I'll give you all the information you need. And I mean, we can go forward with, I that. mean, look at that. Like if yeah. you want a handmade yeah. top notch dress shirt, like 
text the text the owner of the yeah, company. Yeah, I'm right and, here for you. And he's going to get it yeah. done for you. Like that's yeah. that in itself is cool to me. But anyway, do yourself a favor. Yep. Uh, if you're if you're a, a guy or or you think you're you're listening and you think your husband would want um, for sure something like this. Yeah, I mean, or your sons. I don't know. Yeah, if, yeah I mean anyone. Darwin Clothing. Yeah. Uh, US. It's just, and yeah, it's incredible. I, I love this stuff. And anyway, thank you for being here. No, um, this is great. And so, last question. Um, you know, my brand, my business of course. is called Eat Green, Make Green. Yep. I know and I believe in my bones that yep. eating green, eating plant-based. You got green vegan, in your bones. Absolutely. <laughs> eating plant-based, eating vegan um, puts me in the best position to succeed at yep. whatever it is I'm trying to succeed. At. Yeah. That's what right now for me, uh, success in my endeavors, yeah. being, being a better being the best person I can be, being a better uh, boyfriend, being a better son, friend, mm-hmm. uh, colleague, whatever it may yeah. be, I know eating green w- will get me there. Right. And that's that's how I define make green. So mm-hmm. uh, what does make green mean to you? I tie it into relevancy. Basically, what you just said, that's your relevancy. Your, your green is what makes you tick, what makes the best pat humanly possible. And it does for me too, because I tie it into my willingness to be open, to learn what works for me again. And and not to fully repeat myself, but it's, I didn't dive right into veganism. Mm -hmm. I tiptoed, I, you know, I walked around it. I tried to find what works, but the willingness to be open was there. And that's what green is to me because it was just this, this, never ending path, but at least the first stepping stone was to finding that new sense of self as a, as a mid 20 year old. It's like, I got to, this is a new path for Peter. Let's explore it. Let's see what happens with it. And the green for me, again, it's really, it just, I keep getting better and it, it's relative. You know, I, it doesn't mean I have great days every day, but I keep growing as a person, as a business, whatever it may be. It's, you know, I'm open. I'm open to learning. And that's what green does for me because I learn how that, how the food makes me feel. And I'm like, wow, this is okay. What else can this do? Who else is doing this? To, again, to like kind of wrap it up, it just, you go down this path that's, that's really cool and it keeps you learning. It keeps you on your toes rather than this is what I know, so I'm going to stick with it. If there's a new superfood in Hawaii, I want to try it. You better give me that superfood. <laughs> and I'm only going to learn that through being green rather than just saying, give me that buff chick cow and I'm just going <laughs> to chill on the couch. It's, it's a one step forward mentality, I think, is being green. I, I love put it. it. Yeah. I love it. Beautiful. It's great. Do we Beautiful. Like, I'm ca- should we, I'm ta- should we tap mics? I'm cutting so you off. Like, yeah, yeah, mic tap. Mic tap. tap. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'm cutting us off. What a great conversation that was with Pete. To make sure you don't miss another episode, be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, and you can even watch this episode on the Eat Green, Make Green YouTube channel. So there's a number of different ways to listen and even watch this, so be sure to subscribe. For more information about a vegan or plant-based lifestyle, head over to my website at eatgreenmakegreen.com. I actually specialize in helping men and women all over the world adopt this lifestyle. So if you're interested in personal coaching, pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. Thanks for joining me, guys. I'll see you on the next episode.